Welcome to Helping Kids Be Kids, the Little Lighthouse podcast, where our passion is to help parents of kids with special needs be confident caregivers. Our mission is to glorify God by improving the quality of life for children with special needs, their families, and communities. I'm your host, Christina McIndorfer, and I'm so glad you're here. Today's guests are Keith and James Boyd and Sam Ward. It's really great to have them here, not just to talk about AAC, but for you to experience a conversation that utilizes AAC. Keith Boyd was a student at the Little Lighthouse for five years. He's now 17 years old and has impressed all of us with his gifts and talents in business and his compassion. In this conversation, you're going to hear him share some of his thoughts and perspectives and also hear from his dad and his best friend, Sam Ward, will explain to you some of the dynamics of how they developed a friendship utilizing AAC. It's going to be a great conversation. I'm leaving it intact so that you can get a feel for how it really flowed and pick up some tips just by listening about how to be a good companion of somebody who communicates with AAC. You're in for a great treat, some really profound moments of encouragement and some good laughs. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. James, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about who you are, who your oh family is. Oh my gosh, that is a tall order. I am James Boyd. My wife is Erin. Most people at the Lighthouse know her more than myself, I think. She's such a social butterfly. Uh, we came around the Lighthouse in six during the FLIP program. Mm-hmm. And so we went through FLIP. And shortly after that, one school year um, with FLIP, he... he Got put in class in the original facility. Oh, I shouldn't even say the original facility. The, the midterm facility. Now yeah, we're it, in a the first one new, we had. Yeah, yeah, we were in borrowed space <laughs> up until we had that building. So yeah, and then Keith and I met while well, he was in blue class when he was five because I was an assistant teacher then. So we always tell about how when Keith got his device one of the first things he communicated was that he hated applesauce absolutely yeah so i was one of those people that was force feeding you applesauce yeah. i'm so sorry i still feel guilty i know well your body language was communicating your lack of interest in applesauce but it absolutely. was the only thing that i had to offer you so. that's why i spit it out all the time yeah so so you were communicating you were communicating we just weren't getting the message hey but he made up for it because right after that he said mom dad i love you uh Yes. So I was like, all right, I'll never feed you applesauce again. <laughs> Keith's 17 now, so I mean, it's been a while. We, we just talked whenever we first walked in. Keith said it's been almost, almost 10 years. Amazing. It is amazing because of everything that he accomplished here at the Lighthouse and what he moved on to do and the the confidence that he has in himself and his abilities um, is pretty fantastic. I know so much of that was rooted here at the Little Lighthouse. And prevails mm-hmm. today. It goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. It's a legacy in his heart, really. Yeah. Keith, I believe that the Lighthouse is a legacy in your life, but you are really a legend in your own time at the Lighthouse and all that you've done to give back and to use this platform to be an encouragement to other people. So we'll get into more of that later, but I wanted to let Sam introduce himself. Um, I grew up here in Tulsa. Um, I 
Went to high school at Tulsa Memorial. Shortly before starting there, the summer before actually, was when I came to the Little Lighthouse. Um, I met Keith my first day here volunteering. Um, nice. One of my best friends from my childhood, um, his name's Alex Soderfelt. His younger brother, Aaron, was a student here at the Little Lighthouse. Um, and so uh, Alex was volunteering over the summer and he was like, hey, you need to come with me. You'll have a great time. Like, it's really awesome what they're doing here. And I was like, cool. And so I came and literally like the first day I walked into the classroom and like looked to my left and Keith was just like sitting there in his chair and <laughs> we kind of locked eyes for a second. And uh, I just like it was game over from there. We just knew we were going to be the best of friends. Currently, I so after after high school, I went to the University of Oklahoma, um, went to college down there, and then moved up to Oklahoma City, went to the Health Science Center, and got my degree in nuclear medicine. Um, and now I work in Stillwater doing um, oncology imaging at the Cancer Center. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm doing now. But um, there, Keith has been kind of the constant. The whole Boyd family really has been the the constant in my life throughout all of that process. So they've definitely been some some very big supporters in my life which is great. That's awesome. Yeah. And then Keith, did you have anything you wanted to share about yourself to get started? Thank you for having me. The Little Lighthouse really jump-started my life, and I feel like my family learned how to engineer stuff. I'll give one example, toys. Most special toys cost a stupid amount, but my parents are the awesome by finding fine motor tools so we didn't have to spend a crazy amount like, say $150 on the $4 normal toy just at the store. Also, I love to hunt and fish. In fact, I have an antelope I shot back in October of 2018 hanging in my room. It was awesome. You guys were telling me about your trip to Wyoming. Was mm -hmm. that from the Wyoming trip? That's the Wyoming trip. Wow, an antelope. Definitely jealous about that one. I'm gonna have to come over and see that. It's pretty awesome. Hey Sam, can you tell us more about the first day that you and Keith met? Like what was what, what were your first opinions when you saw him? Because there's a lot to take in. There's a lot to take in more so now yeah. than when he was little. True. But, you know, you were 15? Not even. I think I was 14. Wow. Yeah. Man, yeah, but I mean, imagine that. 14 years old. I mean, it's been over 10 years. Yeah. You know Keith, all in all, you know, more so than most people. Yeah. But 10 years ago, you walk into the classroom and you see this kid with this thing sitting in front of him. I mean, he, <laughs> he's a trained... Uh, folks, anymore these days, Keith's about six feet long. I'm not talking about his body. I'm talking about the train. He has like... <laughs> he's got this bag and his, his zero-turn radius chair. And he's got his AAC device out in front of him. And I mean, then you have a caretaker on the back. And literally, it's about six feet. He looks like a train. But he's well-equipped. We'll just put it that well way. Well-equipped for sure. But, you know, 10 years ago, mm -hmm. as a 14-year-old... Yeah. What do you think to yourself when you see that? Man, it was it was such a a cool and like odd experience at the same time because I'd never really been around like students that had like disabilities other than um, my interactions with my friend's brother Aaron, um, and he didn't really have communication devices or like he didn't have special um, chairs or anything that he needed to to get around well he's so really able-bodied and he is yeah very able-bodied well. and stuff um and so it was interesting coming into a classroom setting where there was just like all this equipment to help students just be able to communicate or um like do just anything um and so i walked in and i think when i came in the door keith was in his kid walk actually so he's standing up 
but I think his computer was sitting on a desk and he was like standing in the kid walk looking at his computer and it was, uh, I was like just intrigued because I love technology. And so I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I was just trying to figure out like how it worked. And so obviously initially I was just drawn to Keith and then the technology as well. I was like, how does this like, I, I was dumbfounded at how it worked and somebody explained to me how the computer is able to actually like see where he's looking and Keith can talk more about how his computer actually functions. But, um, I, I was just in awe that, that somebody who in a past life, like wouldn't have been able to communicate to someone hardly at all. Absolutely. Was able to do all the things that he was doing with a device that he hadn't been using for more than like a month or two at the time. I think uh, he, I think he received it in October. Yeah. So he, yeah. So you would have had it for about what, seven months by the time I would have seen you. So still like a very, very new thing, especially for a child. Mm -hmm. Um, It's learning a whole new language really is. Yeah. And so it was interesting just like he had his own way of communicating to begin with. Um, And so I think, even though he had the computer learning to communicate with him initially through like the way he was communicating with you all for years beforehand was a really important groundwork for us. And that's, and that holds true today too, because a lot of it is context. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot of energy on these AAC devices and it doesn't matter what kind Keith, um, for those of you who don't know, he has a Toby device <clears throat> and the Toby device. Um, again, I'm, I'm sure uh, I know Keith is going to expand on this, but the Toby device it refracts light off of his pupils and back onto the screen and through mathematics and physics and blah, 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 <laughs> and a little bit of angelic heavenly interference, um, getting it to operate between the user and the, and the technology. It, it works. It just works. And so he spells out his words and he surfs the internet and he emails people and he texts and he cell phone calls and it is his window to the world. Now, that being said, think if we didn't have it. There are people, thousands of people out there that are nonverbal right now. Not just people, children as well, obviously. They're still nonverbal. There was a, a lady that we know at the time was 48 years old. And she received a computer, the same kind of computer that Keith has at the same time, at 48. You just received your voice at 48 years old. Wow, what a game changer. Seriously. What a game changer. Yeah. Your voice. All the things that Keith had to say at five years old, getting his computer. Imagine how you would feel at 48, getting that. A lot to take in meeting me. (laughs) (laughs) There is a lot to take in meeting you. I never do ask that question. A lot to take in meeting me. I never ask the question. I mean, you don't get to ask the question too often of of, uh, what was it like meeting Keith for you for the first time? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people like that, but there is a lot to take in. We do get that question, mainly from kids. What's wrong with him? You know, <laughs> the adults will just stare, walk by. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's typical. As yeah. people with special needs children find out, it's typical. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to ask questions out there, general public. Mm-hmm. We're willing to talk. Mm-hmm. And so are people with the AC devices. <laughs> that's true. It just takes a little time, a little, pa- little pa- lots of patience. Mm-hmm. Lots of patience on both both in the individuals. I mean, it's a full two way street whenever you're commuting with somebody, mm-hmm. especially Keith, uh, with his AAC device, cause you're vested. You're going to stand there and you're going to wait. Mm-hmm. And he, 
He doesn't like people assuming what he has to say. Mm-hmm. It's his voice. He has something to say. And when he's finished typing it out, you'll hear what he has to say. Mm-hmm. And you'll assume way. along the yeah. way, you're going to walk through that sentence with him and you're going to assume <laughs> what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And by the time he's done and puts a period and says speak, mm-hmm. that's what he has to say. Mm-hmm. It's cool. You see his personality. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys develop your friendship? Man, that's a really good question. Um, Keith, do you have do you have input on that? Did you have an answer prepared for that question? Okay. I was hooked pretty immediately on the little lighthouse after that first day of volunteering. Um, and I think I continued to volunteer throughout the summer and maybe a little bit into the start of the school year, but um, was obviously tougher because I was in school. Um, I don't even remember how, but we, I just, every day that I was there, I was in the classroom working with Keith and it was really awesome to develop communication skills with him without his device. Um, so we probably spent the first, I mean, eight weeks, just me learning how he was able to communicate his physical cues for like what yes and no, or like, Hey, yeah, let's do that just anything like the ways that he, he can communicate with his body. Um, and he communicates a lot through facial expressions as well. Um, and he's done that for, I mean, his entire life really. Mm-hmm. And so like building that base, like I said, of like communicating with him, I, I don't really know if it was him or me, but, uh, I felt, <laughs> and maybe, maybe Keith felt the same way, but I felt like for a while we just had kind of like a telepathic link. We knew what each other were thinking a lot. And it just, it Isn't made it cool when that happens. Sometimes you just have those days. You're yeah. just right in, mm-hmm. right in sync with them. Yep. And you barely even have to talk. And that was the, that was what it was like for weeks. And it was, it was great. And I think just developing a connection like that with somebody is really cool. Um, regardless of who they are, but the fact that it was with somebody who's turns out to be as incredible as Keith is, is I think something that's really special. Yeah. Do you have, do you have an answer prepared there, but I need a refresher also. I think it was me. I think it was you too, honestly. Um, so for those who don't know, Keith also is just an insanely good like judge of character of people. Um, if you've ever met him or like anytime he meets somebody new, I think he just knows like off the bat, like if there's somebody that is like truly good and, <laughs> he's <laughs> laughing right now but um i think i think he just like he knows if somebody's good and like if it's somebody that like he wants to have around um just off of meeting them and i was blessed enough that uh, i was one of those people that he felt like uh he wanted to have around um and you're the chosen one I, well i don't know about that but <laughs> <laughs> definitely somebody that he liked to hang out with um so from well, that, helps that we like you too. Well, that does help. I don't remember the first time. I, maybe I was babysitting. I think it was shortly after I got you my license. You were elected. I was elected. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, I think shortly after I got my license at like 16 years old, uh, my birthday's at the start of December, I took Keith to the mall and Aaron just gave me the keys to the van and <laughs> we drove to the mall and shopped around because he wanted to get christmas presents for his family and i think we bought some like christmas ornaments or something and uh it was just (laughs) thinking back now (laughs) you all gave a 16 year old kid the keys to your like van that is the only mode of transportation for keith and his chair Uh 
to go to the mall and just like hang out for the day. Full coverage insurance helps. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I, that, that does help. <laughs> On your 16th birthday. <laughs> yes. Here's your keys to uh, our van. It's not your new car, but you can use it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think shortly, it had been probably a year or two, and like I came to Keith's graduation um, from the little lighthouse, and Keith wanted to go to Camp Barnabas, um, which is over in Purdy, Missouri. Um, and Aaron had asked me if I would go with him. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yes, I remember. <laughs> going to the mall. You remember going to the mall? <laughs> <That was laughs> Keith and I, for a long time, uh, when we would go places together, his chair is just so robust that I would just stand on the back of it and ride around. Nice. Um, and... <laughs> I remember getting looks in the mall <laughs> of just these two kids that look like brothers uh, with <laughs> the older brother obviously just riding on the back of a chair <laughs> that his younger brother is driving with his head. Um, <laughs> and just getting looks from people like, what is going on? <laughs> um, but I think when we went to Camp Barnabas was when I like realized just how much the Boyds trust me with their son. Um, because it was a, was it five days, six days? It's five whole days. Five whole days, um, overnight camp, um, living in a cabin with 10 other campers and then 10 other assistants and then the, the staffers at the camp. Um, and the camp had, gosh, each session they have probably over 250 kids. If I, I would guess, I don't, does that sound right? Campbarnabas.org, go. Yeah. It's worth it. Drop your kid off, take a little vacation. They'll take good care of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're um, amazing. They are amazing. And just the the amount of time Keith and I got to spend together doing that um, was really awesome. And I think that's actually, it rolls into something I wanted to talk about, about Keith, was he was still using his computer mm-hmm. pretty frequently, but while we were at camp, um, he just, he didn't want to use it a whole lot. Um and I think part of that was just like the hassle of having it and trying to drive around with it all. Um, and maybe Keith can talk about this more too, but um, it was really important for that time, the communication skills that we built without the computer because he wanted to do a lot of different things. He didn't want to use the computer to do them. Um, and so I think had he not had me there to kind of help with camp that first year, it would have been really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it does take a little bit to develop those communication skills with somebody who uses an ACC, AAC, AAC, AAC. <laughs> um, and so I, yeah, I just, it was, it was a really fun time and Keith continued to go back for years after that. Um, I accompanied him the second year, but we were, I was paired with a different camper, um, and kind of gave him a little bit more free reign and we were still in the same cabin if he ever, you know, needed anything. Were we in the same cabin? I don't think so. We weren't in the same cabin, uh-huh. were we? Oh, I forgot. I remember <laughs> don't the, look the, at me like that. No, the, the first year you went, like mm-hmm. you went specifically for Keith and you yeah. kind of had to fight for him. They were passing out folders and stuff. Yeah. You're like, hey, I'm kind of here for this guy. Yeah. And you go, man, you, you, Keith, you, you make such a difference. Now think if that's your child. With the AAC device. Huh? They can do anything. They can do anything. Here at the Lighthouse, we've seen it all too often with these mm-hmm. kids. They can do anything. Yes. I believe in all children. 
I believe in all. I love kids. I think they're the best. They're way better than adults. <laughs> I wish we had their mindset all the time. Ooh, look at that. That's cool. As it is. Everything is cool. But I get to relive that with Keith a lot of times too because he makes yes. those he makes those things extra cool because for him to get to that point to where he's at and watch it flourish and thrive and come to fruition and just watch all the people surround him and celebrate him and go, yes, Keith, you are worth it. Yes. All these special needs kids are. Yes. All of them are. We should all feel that way about them because they have something special to give us. Yes. Yeah. And so the AAC is part of the infrastructure. The relationships are part of the infrastructure that really let Keith be Keith. That's right. And shine. That's right. And bring his gift into the world. That's right. And it's his whole life today. Mm-hmm. And he's only 17. And he's only <laughs> 17 years old. <laughs> Fresh 17. Not three short days ago. Keith, tell me a little bit about yourself. I have quadriplegia cerebral palsy that causes me to not walk, use my hands and talk. I started going to the little lighthouse in the fall of 2006. Man, I was spoiled for five years. My PT, at that time, brought the little lighthouse to our attention. So my mom toured the facility, and I got on the wait list. You are one of the most grateful people I know. I love that. We were so blessed to have you for five years. What's one of your favorite memories from your time at the Little Lighthouse? That one starts with my best memory. It's not about me. You're lying. <laughs> I will say, <laughs> he made I think the best memory sitting here. You would be here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's me just playing around. <laughs> My best memory when I was at the little lighthouse has got to be my muddy pig day. Laugh out loud. There were so muddy, including myself. I was so filthy that day. Ugh, muddy pigs. I totally remember that. I actually have Polaroid pictures from when we did muddy pigs. I kind of think that Megan might have started that. They still do that tradition today. Sometimes they they use pudding you know, where they just like slather the kids in pudding. <laughs> and sometimes they, like they've literally gone out when the ground was muddy and gotten mud. So take your pick. How fun is that though? Yeah. <laughs> it is it. memorable. I love that you can still remember that when you, when, when, when you were five. He had a blast. He wanted to go home and make a mud pit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we actually just recorded an episode about why sensory play is important. And like the, the first thing I always think is like, why not just do it in the bathtub? Like, don't make a big deal yeah. about it. You know, just whatever sensory experiences you want to have, just do it in the bathtub. Yeah. We actually, at my house growing up, Keith, you will appreciate this. Um, we used to have a sandbox that was made out of uh, four by four pieces of wood. You know, it's just like this huge, ginormous sandbox my dad made for us. But uh, eventually we didn't have any sand anymore in it. So we just dug down to where the dirt was. So we would drag the hoses over and fill it up with water until we created this whole trough of mud and we would bathe ourselves <laughs> in this mud. And our mom let us get away with it as long as we rinsed ourselves off outside. So being the only girl in my family at the time, I, um, I didn't always participate because I didn't want to get cold 
I wasn't so concerned about the mud as I was washing off with cold water from the hose. But fun times, fun times. And look how I turned out, you know. So sensory experiences are really important. (laughs) Okay, back to our questions. Keith, what are you most grateful for about your time at the Little Lighthouse? How has it impacted you? The Little Lighthouse, like I said, has given me hope, joy in my godly heart. The Little Lighthouse gave me a voice through a communication device that has really opened a world to me to express my wants and needs to the outside. That's awesome. The world is a better place because you have a voice. Can you explain to us Amen a little? Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great comment. Thank you. Yeah. The world is a better place with him here. Yeah. And being able to speak out. It really is. My world is a better place because of you, Keith. From your perspective, how would you explain what your Toby is? how it helps you so basically there's a black bar also known as a CI that runs across my computer screen that reflects light back onto the screen it really expanded my world to a somewhat normal life the frustrating part of it is it's so sensitive with its calibration sometimes it takes one minute or an hour based on how my muscle tone that day the positive of it is I can do stuff like what I'm doing now thanks to the technology today I don't mind if you guess, but if you get that wrong the first time, just be patient. I'm working as fast as possible. Yeah, so Keith's AAC device is, like I said before, it, it, it takes a little bit of time uh, for him. If his body's not in sync with it, even if the computer doesn't work the same every day, it mm-hmm. doesn't. It is different day to day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's in a bad mood. Really, sometimes a bad look. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sometimes the computer's in a bad mood. Just didn't want to work, and Keith will just be like, "Just take it off the mount. Today's not the computer's day." <laughs> and he'll, he'll just, uh, Toby has moods. Yeah, I mean, he just knows that uh, the, com- the computer's going to cost him more energy uh-huh. than it's than it's going to be responsive. So he just mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's break time. Mm-hmm. Let's go watch some. Duck Dynasty or something. As we all know, these special needs children that we love oh so very much are very... For example, last week. They're very... They can be very... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, persistent? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. once they want something, they're coming after it. Yeah. <laughs> very, very persistent. Um. But, you know, it's, it could be the same thing for Keith, too, uh, and, and whomever else says it on an AAC device. Keith is very persistent, and and part of that is he has something to say. Yes. And, by golly, you're going to hear it. You yeah. Know. The impact that it has on a family, having an AAC device and being able to utilize it within that family will nurture the love and the joy and responsiveness towards one another and open up that avenue, that two-way street to begin loving your child even more, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just, it's just what we're just doing what God wants us to do and open some doors. Mm-hmm. You're not just a parent. We're an angel because we get to take care of this kid, that child, those children, whatever, yeah. you know? So we've, we've got to step up and give them the opportunity and watch them with grace and humility and pride and joy and just be thankful for that, that millimeter. 
I like watching Keith when he's, you know, typing something out. Because, like, you know, it just looks like he's staring at a screen right now. But in my head, I just see him just, like, sitting at a desk, just, like, typing away furiously at a mm-hmm. keyboard. And I think that that's just, like, a really funny image. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, essentially it's what he's doing. How do you think Keith expresses himself if he's in, like, a, a foul mood? Mm-hmm. Do you think he's, like, all caps? <laughs> And like hammering the keys with his eyeballs. I think. Uh, Could you imagine if eyes like cartoonish, if they like came mm-hmm. out and just pressed onto the screen, like wham, 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 wham? He's like, like, this is how I feel. <laughs> his eyes are just punching the keys on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> so angry. Um, definitely, definitely funny. I think. Uh, I think when he is like feeling just exasperated or something, his. His brow furrows a lot. And he's just like, <laughs> he's just kind of grimacing at this. Not really grimacing, but he's just like, it's. it doesn't come across as frustration. It come across as, like, comes across more as just like a very intense focus. Very intense focus. Very intense. Yes. How, how much time do you think you've spent on uh, a, a Keith's Toby device? Just like, like me actually trying yeah, to use just, it? Yeah. Like Man. literally, the, <sighs> how much time... In one sitting, have you sat down and tried doing it? Honestly, I haven't gone past 10 minutes. Man, yeah, I don't think I've ever been able to try to do it for more than five or 10 minutes. It's hard. It is hard. It is so amazingly hard. Yeah. And my eyes are are just sore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And he's on there 10 plus hours a day. For example, last week, I stopped talking, I think Wednesday, and didn't get back on it that Friday. Whoa. There's a little Just bit of misspelling, so I'll clarify. Took a hiatus. Um, but he did. Um, you know, he was he was having a lot of issues last week with his body, and it was very exhausting, and the two of them were not collaborating well. And so um, he just, he's like, all right, no more. I'm kind of done. I'm done talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wants to, but it's, you know, it's just exhausting. He was fighting his body. It was just, it was too much. Mm-hmm. So I understand that. You know, you got to take a break. Sometimes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Switching from uh, digital to analog. It'll be like driving in your car with no music. Yeah. You're sitting in silence. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> what I'm more concerned about in Keith um, having his AAC device and being nonverbal is what is he really thinking? <laughs> <laughs> What's really inside Keith's head? Uh, do do we really want to know? <laughs> <laughs> no, Keith, you're such an interesting individual. And I do talk about you a lot. And I always preface it with, hey, it's not because he's my kid. It's because I spend so much time with you and I've never spent any time with someone like you. So it makes life very interesting. Um, which I guess leads into your question of what kinds of things that are you thankful for? And I will tell you this because I've had a time to marinate on it. Um, comes out with a very good answer of, I'm thankful for my life with him. I think that's the biggest piece of thankfulness I can really put out there. I'm thankful for my life with him. When I was young, I prayed for a unique life. And I phrased it as such. Father, I don't want to be a run-of-the-mill guy. I'd like to have a unique life. And watch what you ask for. (laughs) Because we got it. And it's a good one. 
It's a good one. It's not for everybody. It's not. But man, I got exactly what I prayed for. Just didn't know what it was going to be like. But in the meantime, before I had Keith, I had Keith when I was 30 years old. So we're always on the same digits. He's 17, I'm like 47, blah, blah. So I never knew that this is what he'd been preparing me for. You know? And so you get to reflect on the journey. Mm-hmm. And we all do. We all have our lives, yes. you know. But from my standpoint, in my journey, our life together, my wife and our youngster now and Keith, especially. I mean, it's just it all revolves around Keith so, so much. But that being said, too, it revolves around God. Because having Keith. You have to have faith. Having a special needs child, you have to have faith. You have to keep your eye on the prize. Because the prize is right in front of you. You've already been given it. And it's this life with your child, your special needs child. You're the chosen one. You're the special person. You're the different person walking this life. And that's amazing. That's how I view it. I view it. And that's the way I... I, There was the second day Keith was born. He was alive. And he was in the neonatal intensive care unit at uh, Hillcrest near downtown brand new facility that they had at the time and I'm over him in his Niku bed in the Niku unit and I'm sobbing I don't know what just hit me I have no idea what's going on clueless just as clueless as Keith and I was sobbing because I knew my journey had begun and I was sobbing so violently just crying so hard and I knew in my soul that I was ready I knew that I'd been prepped I knew that I'd been sent to another part of the country to be saved and born again and then we came I came back we're in Tulsa we have Keith here we are now it's day two my gift is in front of me and I put my hands out and sobbed over my child and said God If this is the life you want me to have, then I know you chose it for me and I celebrate you and I have faith in you. I am not going to waver. This is your choice for me and I will do my very best. And I'm not going to worry about a thing because you've got my back. And so I don't know what I'm doing still today. Today, 17 years later, every single day is different. But the days are different, but the faith is the same. The faith stays the same. And the faith has been compounded in me. It's been compounded in Sam. It's been compounded in you, Christina. It's been yes. compounded in Keith and carries forward and carries strong and is, is unwavering and all-knowing and just believing in him every single day that Keith and the people around him in his life are all quality and they're all caliber and they're all taken care of because they're in Keith's life and Keith is a special touched individual and God's only give going to give him the best yes. opportunities. Yes. And I believe that of all special needs children. Mm -hmm. 
It may not look like it, but along the way, 10 months, 10 years, however long our children live, that one person at least along the way is going to be impacted by your child. Yes. You don't know why. It's exactly like that, as Sam said. Smashing a keyboard. Laugh out loud. (laughs) With your eyeballs. (laughs) (laughs) Or like smashing one of those buttons, right? (laughs) (laughs) But Keith, you know, he, he can't walk, he can't talk, he can't pick things up. But he's got a power chair. Yeah. So he's mobile. So he can walk. Mm-hmm. He's got all sorts of people around him to help him out all day long. He can pick things up. You know, he's got that beautiful piece of equipment sitting in front of him. Mm-hmm. His window to the world. That magnificent, crazy, glitchy. <laughs> Temperamental. Battery running out. <laughs> Just uh, extremely temperamental at days. Mm. Can't have the sunlight on. Got to turn it off. <laughs> too much light makes it too bright. But uh, what a blessing. Yes. Time, patience, persistence, perseverance. Yes. And it happens. I will say from an outside perspective, seeing someone like Keith grow up with a father like James is like really incredible to watch mm-hmm. because the relationship that they have is just like beyond anything that I think most people like have with their parents. Um, and I think that that's something that like parents that have kids that have these special needs or like are just different get to experience. And I, I hope that they all get to enjoy like just how personal their relationship is with their kid because it's incredible. That's so good. It kind of leads to the final question I like to I ask. I bet it is. yeah it is well i mean you live it yeah you're the one walking the walk i can't i can't assume what your days are like i you know i have to ask yeah Mm -hmm. it's your body it's your experience i'm just the horse pulling the cart as i say to people Mm -hmm. sometimes you're pulling us around but yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah actually keith I'm going to ask you a question I think you've prepped for, um, the question about helping kids be kids. I know that you help kids be kids. And part of that is by being a crew member. Part of that is using your business sense to start a lemonade stand that raises $150,000. Part of that is having a foundation and giving devices to other kids so they can find a voice. What inspires you to help kids be kids? How do you define that? Helping kids be kids is just that. Helping kids be kids. These kids have goals and dreams they want to accomplish in life and who's gonna help them? Without people helping them reaching their goals, they are going to be stuck in their bodies forever. Yeah, you have so much compassion. And the thing is, even though you do have a body that doesn't work like, I mean, we wish your body would work where you could have more control over it, right? But you have such a powerful overcoming attitude and so many wonderful people around you that you're not going to sit around and just get depressed and be sad. You're living your life to the full. And so your life inspires the rest of us to live our lives to the full too. Do any of you have any final comments you'd like to make before we close out our conversation? Go to Keith Boyd Tulsa. 
on YouTube. If you want to check out what Keith has done in the past, uh, he doesn't keep up with the videos too much anymore, but it's still fun to watch. And you get to see a lot about his uh, lemonade stands and ventures that we went into and uh, a lot of the people that we met and, and, and again, the activities that he was able to part, partake of. It's really neat. We've been to a lot of places. We've met a lot of people. And not because of me, all because of Keith and his ability to communicate. Actually, I mean, it's, it's hands down, all him. All these individuals that we've met. I could go down a long list. Um, really impressive young man. Really impressive young man. So, um, I'm not surprised when he meets these individuals and they're extremely impressed. Because it, Keith carries himself very well. He expects a lot out of himself. Um, expects a lot of, out of other people as well. So, whatever Keith cannot do, he still expects high quality results. That's awesome. That's awesome because there are so many different things that he could let get in his way every single day. Just taking a breath sometimes, you know, just keeping it clear and not having phlegm in your throat and mm. all these crazy things that he deals with, you know, kyphosis in his back and uh, GI issues and all the spasms from his cerebral palsy. And just to clarify, he has spastic quadriplegia and nonverbal. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he, he experiences a lot. So for him to be able to wake up and get around, smile, perform, talk, reach out, communicate, be an be a true individual, you know, on his own, doing his own thing. Wow. Mm -hmm. Good job, Jesus. Yeah. Good yeah. job. Sam, from somebody who's not a family member, what have been some of your experiences or advice that you'd give it to others who are wanting to make friends with someone who communicates with AIC? Right. I think, um, obviously, that person has been communicating their entire life in some way or another, whether it be with the AAC or not. Um, and I, I know I talked about this earlier, but being able to communicate them with them without the AAC is the most important part. Um, cause I can, I can look at Keith and we can, we can have a conversation without the AAC and, um, being able to do that, I think is super important. Um, but also understanding that for as frustrating as it is for them to try and communicate sometimes, um, like if, for you communicating with them, um, it's just as frustrating, if not more, if you guys can't get on the same page. Um, and James kind of talked about that earlier. Um, and so I think being able to um, have patience and like understand that, you know, it, some of these things take time um, and just being able to enjoy the moment of <laughs> silence that you have with them while they're typing or, you know, formulating their thoughts on their device or, you know, just try <laughs> I'm looking at Keith right now. <laughs> uh, you know, just, just trying to understand who they are. Um, and, and that they are a person outside of, outside of their device. Um, and that it's, it's important to be able to just talk with them whether or not they have that or not. Um, it's just, it's just a blessing getting to, getting to work with somebody like Keith. Um, you know, whether it's just in passing or like a lifelong friendship, like we have, um, like it, I think we've said it plenty of times, but like 
they just have something they want to say and, and being able to help them do that um whatever way that is i think is super important and it just like it's super rewarding when you're able to to have that conversation with them or, or figure out you know what what they wanted to communicate to you um yeah it's just it's just really awesome yeah i'm glad you agree <laughs> Yeah, well, when we first started planning this conversation, I told you guys, I knew that I would learn a lot from getting to be part of this. And one mm-hmm. thing I've picked up on from just participating in this conversation is how much fun we've had. Mm-hmm. And even though, Keith, it takes you longer to be able to say what you want to say, for us to just keep having fun together. And then when you're able to say what you want to say, for us to just acknowledge that and be able to loop back to that part of the conversation and pick up there if there's more to say. And if not, just keep going, you know? So one thing that I've learned is just doesn't have to feel quite as awkward as it usually does for me. Like Mm. we're just two people hanging out, having fun. And the fun doesn't have to stop just because there's a time delay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just a different form of a a different style of speaking. Mm -hmm. You, you say your comment, ask your question and then wait. Mm-hmm. And it may be a while, mm-hmm. but you know he's working hard for you. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's working hard for you. He's having a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. That means a lot because he's taking time for you. Mm-hmm. So some people don't they they can't stop long enough mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. to be able to respect that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're being disrespectful. It's just the way they normally talk. True that. Yeah. You know, people are just, we interject back and forth, and it's usually banter back and forth, and it's automatic. Boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. But with Keith, it's not quite like that. So you have to hold that emotion Mm -hmm. for a moment and put it on pause. And then back, 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 back. Because he's got to clear it because his (laughs) eyes aren't working. He's got to start over. Maybe change his train of thought for a second. Wanted to inject interject something into his little comment. Back, 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 back. (laughs) So there's a lot of three letters forward, two letters back. Yes. Type stuff. Yeah. Because Keith, I don't know if if our listeners know this, but for your computer to register, you're spelling words one letter at a time, and you have to look at them for a certain amount of time before your computer acknowledges that's the one you wanted. So that's why it takes so much time is because you're literally having to spell one letter at a time at the speed that your computer can understand you. So your brain is working super fast, faster than your computer, but you have to go at the speed of your computer. He's in the conversation. He just, his output is slow, but he's, he's right on par with you. Yeah. You know? So that's what I'm saying. Like, do we For really all want to know Mr. Camp Barnabas. Do we really want to know what's going on in his head? <laughs> that's that's imagine like we're we're five, six sentences ahead. He's over yeah. here working on yeah. his comment from the last paragraph of our conversation. Yeah. Well then what blows my mind is like he's already he answered that question uh-huh. when we asked it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like he answered that. Right. But we just have to wait for that response to actually get across to us. Because he's thinking at the same like same speed that we are. Uh, can't wait it's to just, just like, plug his brain in. Right. Like you do a monitor. 
But there again, do you really want to know everything Keith Boyd has to say? (laughs) It's funny. I've been toying with the idea of going back to like a not smartphone. Right. But the one thing that keeps holding me back is I'm remembering when text messaging was where you would have to, you Mm -hmm. know, press if you wanted to see, you'd have to press the one three times, you know, and and that's kind of what it is for Keith. Like he has state of the art technology for what's compatible with his body's ability to access but it's, are you calling Keith a, a, a flip phone? No, no. His Toby, like his Toby's as smart as it can be, but it's it's not Keith that's slow. Right. It's the Toby that needs the time. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just I think if we can sometimes put it in context of like, well, if if somebody tied my hands behind my back mm-hmm. and this is all I had. Would I be willing to put in the work to communicate? Right. And I think like what we're all saying is 400 keep, millisecond per button. 400 milliseconds per button. That's how long he has to stare at it and dwell on that button. And that's if it works the first time. Sometimes you got to hover over a button two, three times for it to actually click, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it'll lose communication with those yeah. eyes or lose the, the, uh, yeah. the re- reflectivity. Mm-hmm. And then other times, maybe it's not calibrated perfectly. Well, not other times. It's Most never time. calibrated yeah. perfectly. <laughs> but you may have, you may be looking at a certain button on the screen but you can't look right at it. You have to kind of peripherally look off and to maybe off and up and to the right or low and to the left. You can't look at the button mm-hmm. because it's not quite <laughs> calibrated just right. And so that's weird. Yeah. And I, I just, uh, like I said, as, as many hours as he's put in on the machine and it still has problems with it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How difficult is it? Yeah. How difficult is it to get that thing just right and to be as just successful and flourishing and he does so well on the computer. Yes. Ah, I'm so thankful. Yes. So thankful because he is he's too intelligent to have mm. a a uh, dare I say it a, a two dimensional conversation mm. because he's more than two dimensional. Mm-hmm. You, know, you just can't operate like that. As there's times I tell him, and Keith Keith will agree to this. He'll probably look up for those of you that don't know his cues. That's his yes, but uh, yeah. Sometimes I'll just tell him, "Man, it's just too hard." Uh, I don't know what it is you're trying to say. I'm sorry. That or I'm just not in sync with him. But sometimes it's just too difficult without it. So I'm, man, so thankful, so thankful, hmm. thankful that he's smart, mm, brilliant. That he can interact with this thing. Just so everything. Just thankful. Just can't imagine not knowing Keith Boyd. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me neither. Thanks, Keith. Yeah, thanks, buddy. You're pretty cool. Thanks for being awesome. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Now leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you have some final words, maybe, or comment. He's working. It's this conversation has been like nice to just like sit down and actually think about some of these things just because to me, like it's like, it's not something I think about. Like it's just Keith. Like that's just the way he is. Like this is how things have always been. So it's interesting to like actually try and reflect on it about, you know, the, the challenges that we face sometimes or the the challenges he faces more than, than we do um, in trying to communicate. Cause like for and I know James probably feels the same way, but it's just like that's just that's my kid. Like this is how he communicates. Like this is how things are, and even yeah. on the days where everything is rough, 
or things don't work right or you know keith's body's just having a bad day uh it's still just like this is just normal this is keith like this is just how it is ages ago uh keith was really young and he was having a really bad day which is super frustrated he's like dad i just quit I, I can't do this anymore I know he's smart. You know, I just treat him like a normal person. Even when he was little, I never coddled him or anything like that. I just talked straight to him. He deserves that. You know, he didn't want his time to be wasted, especially. But uh, anyway, so we, he was he was just quitting. So little, so young, didn't know any better, and he's just giving up on his body because he's giving him so many fists. And so it really broke my heart. But I said, I said to him, as his father, <laughs> I said, Keith, if you let this beat you now then you're you're going to be done forever. Because you're better than this. You're better than this. Don't quit. I think ever since that day, I've, I've seen just a huge difference in him. He's like, you know what? It is going to be like this every day. And I'm going to be around a while. So I better make the best of it. And so he uses what he can. He's got a great brain. What a muscle to use. I'd rather use my brain than any other muscle my body just because I'm tired of being a general contractor but <laughs> <laughs> so so it's just every day more amazement mm-hmm. it, it gets repetitive uh, saying it but it doesn't get old mm-hmm. it's so cool being, yeah. being one of the chosen few the world needs to hear this guys the world needs to hear it so thank you for living life to the full with gratitude and diligence and creativity. Thanks for coming in and sharing your friendships and your stories with us. I'm very, very thankful that we had this conversation in front of microphones so other people can listen in. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have any questions for our staff or stories about how this podcast has benefited you, email us at helpingkidspodcast at littlelighthouse.org. If you're new to the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. You can find us at littlelighthouse.org and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. At the Little Lighthouse, we gladly give away our services and resources for free. We can do this because of the generosity of people who believe in the value of all kids. If this podcast helped you, consider joining the crew, a passionate and determined community of monthly givers on mission to discover solutions that change the future of kids with special needs. Until next time, enjoy helping your kids be kids.